Welcome to the Nurse Leader Network Podcast with your host, Chris Racinos. Wherever you're going on your nurse leader journey, we're here to help you get there. Welcome, everybody. We are on and popping with the short and sweet series. Today's topic is going to be on how to have a staff one-on-one. I've had a lot of nurse leaders reach out and say, Chris, I just got this role and I'm supposed to have these one-on-ones. Like, what do we talk about? Or I've had folks that are like, I have coached this person to the depths of the earth and I am just not getting the results that I want. Or am I actually having an effective one-on-one with the staff that I'm leading? So today we're going to talk about how to have a staff one-on-one and how to make sure that it is meaningful, purposeful, and gives you and your employee the results that you have been looking for. So we're going to start with talking about the purpose. Like, why do we even have staff one-on-ones? Like, what is the, what's the purpose? What's undergirthing that um, desire for our staff to have the one-on-one and for us to have the one-on-one? The number one thing is really for you to create that meaningful connection between you and your employee. I've talked about it in many different episodes that when you have those meaningful connections, when you have that trust, you are going to see outcomes that you have been wanting for a long time. You're going to be able to make sure your staff are motivated. They're going to be happy coming to work. You're going to see decreased turnover. You're going to see increased patient safety. So we want to make sure that the connections you have between your staff are meaningful, even with those difficult staff. We all have those staff that sometimes are labeled as difficult. Usually there's some underneath that in terms of them not being challenged enough. So we want to make sure we really bring them in and have those meaningful conversations. Some of the things that you're going to do on your one-to-one with your staff are um, you're going to be identifying joint goals. So those goals are going to be goals for the organization, goals for the person's personal development, goal for performance improvement, any type of goals. But you're going to identify goals and you're going to help them prioritize those goals, right? Because we can have like 10 different sets of goals But really, where's the priority? We can't do it all at once. How should we prioritize these? And we're going to talk about how to do each of these in a few moments. Another is um, you are going to give and receive feedback. Yes, during your staff one-on-one, you should also be receiving feedback. So it's not just you giving the feedback. You should be receiving the feedback. And so things in terms of feedback that you want to give and receive are going to be kudos, right? When is somebody doing something great and you want to give them a pat on the back. It might look like personal development. Where do you want to go in your career? How do I help you get there? Vice versa, what can you learn from your staff? And then it might look like performance issues, right? So there might be some kind of issue and it's your job to help them correct those issues. Next, you're going to do some coaching. We are going to use the GROW method for that and I will go over what the GROW method looks like, but this is going to really help your employee grow and become all that they have the potential to become. You also want to make sure that we use these meetings to motivate our employees. We're going to connect the job that they're doing to the bigger why. We're going to give them purpose. We're going to help them connect what they're doing with the goals, with the mission. I remember one time I was working and I had an employee and I asked them, you know, how does your work contribute to our larger mission? And the employee had no idea. They were like, well, you know, I'm a housekeeper and you know i it, it, i don't really connect to the mission and i had to really talk about our commission is to serve our community our patients in a very safe manner and your job absolutely ties into that so really bringing it back down so that these abstract 
missions and values that we have really connect to them and to the, how their job really connects to that why. Next, we are going to make sure that we reduce barriers. A big part of our one-on-one is to identify those barriers for employees and then reduce them. So we're going to talk about how to discover those and how to get those. We want our employees to work smarter and easier, not harder, because then they do the right thing. So the easier it is for them to do the right thing, the more likely they are going to do the right thing. Lastly, we want to make sure we update each other on those goals, right? So we've set some goals. Let's talk about how we're going to identify if we're actively making progress to them or do we need to pivot? And then lastly, you as a leader are going to be honing your coaching skills as you are doing these one-on-ones with your employees. So when you first start, they might feel kind of wonky, but just know even after doing it for 20 years, we can make improvements as to how we have our one-on-ones. So that's what today's episode is going to cover. Those are the purpose around why we're doing them. And now let's dig into what do we do for our actual one-on-one. We want to make sure that here's some like baseline things that you need to know, the nitty gritty around must have and hashtag facts. Facts are everybody deserves feedback. You deserve feedback. Your employees deserve feedback. It is a right that we have that we should be given feedback on our performance. Secondly, a lot of people get hung up on saying the right words, right? Like, so maybe um, I want to give, you know, a, a pat on the back, but this person doesn't really like public um, acknowledgement. Or maybe I have to have a really difficult conversation around performance. Either way, saying the right words is not nearly as important as knowing why you're saying them. So um, an example when it comes to performance is that I know how difficult it is for me to give that tough feedback, right? I still get butterflies in my stomach when I have to give it. It's not probably going to ever go away. And I'm giving you this feedback because I want you to keep your license and I don't want a patient to be harmed. That's the last thing I want. And that's the last thing I want you to carry on your shoulders. So I remember the why behind why I'm having these conversations. And then the words kind of follow because I'm leading by why I'm doing this. It's a good thing for you to get that feedback. It's a good thing for the patients to get that feedback. And that helps me give difficult feedback. Lastly, just know that both positive and negative feedback can be uncomfortable for both parties. So obviously, negative feedback could be really uncomfortable to hear it. It could be uncomfortable to give it. But that's true of positive feedback too, because a lot of people, you know, they'll kind of brush it off like, oh, you did a good job. Oh, that's my job. That's what I get paid for. But it's our job to really highlight, wait, 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 time out. You actually did a really great job. Let's talk about that. Um, to help folks become comfortable with the positive feedback too. Now let's get started. Go ahead and get your pens out. We are going to get started with what you need to do for your one-on-one with your staff. The first thing is prep. So first step is prep. Um, We usually take about an hour for our one-on-ones and they have to be scheduled A, in advance and B, regularly. It is not okay to have a one-on-one once a year and be like, one and done, I'll talk to you next performance. Now, I know that's challenging, right? I've had managers that have like 60 employees. I'm like, Chris, oh my gosh, how do I do these one-on-ones? And there's a couple different things. Number one, when you schedule them, you're going to look out in the quarter, take how many staff you have, and you're going to want to divide that into the quarter and make sure you're hitting at least all of them each quarter, especially when you have that number. But for example, as a chief nurse executive, my direct reports, I had about six direct reports. I could hit them every single month. And for some of them, I was hitting them every two weeks because we had to have conversations every two weeks around making sure they were attaining whatever goals that they had. So you want to make sure that you look at the number of staff that you have and then make it reasonable 
but once a year is not enough. It is not okay. You're not going to be able to get them the results they need and you will not be able to get the results that you need out of them. So schedule them in advance. And again, usually they're about an hour. At the very end of today's podcast, there is a little kind of like cheat sheet I have. If you, for example, have 65 employees and you want to do quick check-ins. So I have a little tool that you can use that will be able to do a quick check-in with your person and that will be you know done in five minutes or less. So you'll be able to hit as many as you need to hit in terms of getting them one-on-one time, at least briefly, until you can get to that long one-hour one. What you're going to do is after you've prepped, right, you want to kind of be aware of what their current performance is. So you look at a previous performance evaluation, look at what's been going on in the unit or where they're working. Um, You want to know what some of the focus areas are. So are focus areas that you have for them around congratulations? Are there focus areas around, hey, I'm seeing there's a quality issue or, hey, it seems like you may be struggling with documentation, but know where the priority questions and focus areas are. And then you want to sit down with the person and you're going to start with asking them things like what things and projects do you think are going well? So this is part of the engagement. So we did the prep. We're now moving into engaging your employees. What things are going well right now? Um, who on the unit, what staff um, do you think are doing excellent work? Who supports you? That kind of thing. And that's going to give you um, information that you can use in other one-on-ones and in department meetings. You're going to ask, um, how are the tools, the equipment, the training that you're using, that you have to support you? How's that working for you? Are you satisfied with your tools, with your equipment, with the training? Do you need more? Do you need less? Talk to me about it. Ask them if there is any um, systems or processes that you can improve. And then you want to always ask, what can I do for you right now? So um, a lot of times they'll bring up these concerns and, you know, your job is to help them solve those concerns. And a lot of times I ask them, you know, they'll say, I have this concern. And my number one question, go-to question is, how would you fix it? Tell me your ideas. What do you think? Um, But you really want to go back to what can I do for you right now? That also, as a side note, is a great tip to use with customer complaints. When you're, if you have a patient or a customer that's complaining, you always want to bring it back to how can I help you right this minute? Like, I know this has happened to you, but what can I do right this minute to help correct it? Some other questions you might want to go into, depending on the employee you're you're meeting with, is around any safety. So do you see safety issues with that person? Are you seeing safety issues on the unit? Any experience, whether that's with customer service, whether that's with, you know, teamwork, you want to ask about any initiative or any um, performance improvement that they're working on or that they think should be worked on. So that's going to be your engaged step with your employee around opening up the conversation so that you can begin to identify goals for the meeting. Next, you're going to do some listening. So you want to make sure that you say things like, hey, I have noticed blank and I appreciate your blank. So you want to make sure you bring up things that you notice, things that you appreciate. And you want to talk about things that you've been doing around your goals as well. So, hey, you all brought up the concern about staff lunches. This is what I have done to work on those. Let's talk about that. And so you want to always bring up your goals as well with them so that they understand what you're working on and how you can align both of it. Again, you're going to link their work to the to the purpose of the organization. So you're going to say things like the work you do every day helps us to blank, blank, blank. Um, You want to make sure that you also, when time permits, go ahead and attend those huddles and you'll bring up anything that you found or saw in those huddles on the meetings. And then you want to observe. So observe this person. You want to observe their work. So 
You should have your one-on-one, but you should also have some shadow time where you can observe the work, look at things like, are they struggling with some area or, or do they have like really cool inventions for, you know, little nursing hacks on the unit that you want to address or that you want to dig deep into. Last, you want to document what you guys discuss. So you're going to have some type of form, some way to document what you all discussed, what um, goals that you agreed to, and then anything that like came up and surfaced. And then you want to make sure that you take that document and you follow up on it. So um, once you've identified goals, you will say, you know, then on the next meeting, hey, your goal was blah, blah, blah. Where are you at with that? Do you need any help? That kind of thing. So that's the gist of what the meeting will look like. Now, once you've done that engagement, you've listened, you've um, done some observation, now it's time for us to start identifying goals. So when we identify goals, we are going to use something called the GROW method, G-R-O-W. So GROW method, the G stands for goal. And so you're going to ask them, what is a goal that you have for yourself? What's something maybe that you haven't gotten around to, something that you aspire to do, um, something on the unit that you'd like to see changed? Let's talk about a goal. The R in GROW stands for reality. Is there something that seems to be getting in the way? What's preventing you from doing it? So an example might be, you know, my goal is I want to go back to school and get, you know, another degree. But the reality might be, um, I'm working this job. I have another part-time job. I'm like nine months pregnant. Uh, you know, there, there could be another reality. And that is something that actually I found myself where I have these great audacious goals. But then the reality is my life is not going to permit me to, uh, to obtain them at this point. I need to, you know, pivot and maybe modify that goal in some way. So what is the reality? Is the reality that, yes, this is something that we can do? Is there financial constraints and we can't do it? How do we get around it? Options. What might we do to overcome these obstacles, right? So if it's finance, what can we do? Is there somewhere that we can raise money for a grant? Or is there another way we could divert money or something like that if it's finance? If a you know, obstacle is time, how can we strategize the time so that we have more time to make that happen? Um, but you want to talk about what the obstacles are and come up with a couple solutions, even if they seem like solutions that won't work. We want to come up and start brainstorming solutions to get over those obstacles. W is what's next. So what are you going to do by when? What resources do you need? What is your level of commitment? And so you're going to ask these questions like, when do you want to do this, right? My goal might be I want to lose 10 pounds. And so the reality is, can I lose 10 pounds? Uh, well, it depends on the time, right? If I'm saying by tomorrow, that's probably going to be a no. That's not a reality. But if I give it two months, that's a realistic goal for two months. What are my options? What you know, do I need to do to get out of my own way? Well, I need to make time for it and schedule it in every day. And then what's next? Well, you know, I'm going to set aside time one hour every day to work out and create a meal plan where I'm going to increase veggies or whatever I'm making it up. So you want to make sure you use that grow goal reality options. What's next in your conversation with them? And, you know, I've had a lot of people where I've done this conversation and they've realized the goal they thought they wanted wasn't really the goal that was right for them. And they pivoted their goal and then um, were able to, you know, go on and do something that was really beautiful that was very much in alignment with what they thought their purpose was or what they would like to achieve. Now, the important thing about setting goals is that they have to be SMART goals. Some of you may or may not know what SMART goals are, but SMART goals are specific S stands for specific. You're going to have a concrete action to help me get to my goal. So if I say I'm just going to lose weight by, you know, next year or two months from now, that's not good enough. What I'm going to say is I want to 
lose 10 pounds within two months by exercising and bringing my calories down to 1500 calories a day, something like that. Measurable. You want to know how much will need to be done um, and how will you know when the goal is achieved? Well, for me, it's going to be stepping on the scale. When I see that 10 pound weight loss is gone, then I know that I've met my goal. But there is something called lead and lag metrics. Lag metrics mean I've already gotten to that goal, right? So a lag metric would be I have gotten on the scale and I now weigh 10 pounds less versus a lead metric is telling me I'm on my way to that. So a lead metric would be I'm working out every single day. That's going to lead me to the 10 pound loss. And so for your staff, you, you want to make sure that like, let's say, for example, they um, want to become a, a manager, right? So there's this, you have a nurse who wants to become a manager and her goal is I want to be a manager within the next year. She's a charge nurse now making it. Um, and so you want to talk about how exactly are you going to become that manager? And you're, you know, it might be that she is going to get into a leadership program and finish the leadership program within the one year. It might be that she is going to be shadowing XYZ people. It might be that she is going to be applying for XYZ manager positions, but you want to lay out exactly what the steps are and how they're going to measure that they got to the goal that they want. Next is action-oriented. So A, S-M-A, action-oriented. How committed are they to achieving that goal? Realistic, is it realistic based on the time that you gave it in? Becoming a manager in a year is very realistic. Now, if they're like, you know, I just am a new grad and I want to be a manager next month, maybe not so realistic. And then time-based, what is a specific amount of time? Not I want to become a manager, but I want to become a manager in this amount of time, or I want to become a nurse educator, or I want to become whatever. And so you're going to talk about what are the steps that they need to take to achieve those goals? So that's your SMART goal. Some other things you want to ask when you're creating these goals are things like, for the organization, for example, what are some of the greatest unmet needs in the team or the organization right now, right? So are you having a ton of falls, a ton of whatever it is? What is it that you're having issues with? What are those unmet needs that you're having? And how can we bring this person in on some of those unmet needs and unleash their talent and their potential? Next, you would say, if you could do one thing that would create the highest value in your current role, what would it be? And so ask them, what would it be in the, that could create the highest value, right? We're talking about growth and development of our, of our staff. So see what they say and, and then work on creating a goal around how they could actually implement that. Next, you want to ask what unique talents or abilities you have. I've had staff that do all kinds of things. I have some that are like beyond creative and they helped us with, you know, decorating the entire hospital with chalk to welcome our nurses when COVID um, initially started. I had nurses that their creative talent was uh, musical or their creative talent was, I'm, you know, I have the gift of really bringing teams together or creating great culture. So whatever their gifts are, you want to ask what they have and how you can apply them to what those unmet needs are. And then lastly, you're going to ask them, what are the accomplishments that you're most proud of in your life? Because that's going to highlight what is going to motivate your staff. So, you know, you'll, you're going to ask them, this is beyond professional. This is your personal. What is the greatest accomplishments that you had for your life? And then look at the skills they use to get to those accomplishments and leverage those. Because not only will they be good at it, but they're going to bring their and have so much joy as a result of doing that type of work. So you want to bring all of that in as you are using the grow method. Now, we've talked about the growth method. And then the next part of your one-on-one -on -one is going to be really around giving and receiving feedback. And here's the how-to. 
Number one, you want to focus on the changeable things for the feedback. Not everything is changeable. It can only lead to improvement when it's something that can be changed. Secondly, you want to share any ideas or explore alternatives rather than asking for answers and solutions. So if you're like, okay, well, I see that, you know, you are frequently taking on too much and you're not delegating to your CNAs or whatnot. Um, Instead of saying, what is your answer? What is your solution? How are you going to correct that? Let's talk about alternatives. What are some things that you can do to expand that? Talk to me about your ideas. Here's some ideas I have. How do we come up with something that um, is an alternative to our current state? Next, you want to make descriptive, not interpretive statements. This is hard to do, right? We all have our lens. We see something and I'm like, oh, you did this because of that. But the reality is our goal during our one-on-ones when we're giving feedback is to act as a video camera. We want to play back what our observations were versus interpreting what they meant, right? So you didn't pass your meds on time. That means you're not good with time management. That is interpretive versus descriptive. Descriptive would be like, hey, I noticed that patient A, B, C, and D received their medications at blah, blah, blah time. Help me understand what's going on, you know, why we're, why we're giving the antibiotic four hours late, whatever, I'm making it up. But it really is more of showing them this and making that observation and asking questions like, how can we fix this? How can we be more efficient? How can we make that procedure more safely? What is a risk or a problem with the approach that we're currently doing? So really seek to understand, focus on the behavior, not the person. Oh, it's always Sally who's doing this. No, we're going to focus on the behavior. Make sure your body language is positive. Don't start using fingers. Don't make frowns with your faces. Your job is to really seek to understand. There might be a very valid reason there that you'll never get to if you've made an assumption. And then encourage self-assessment. What do you see? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? What are you doing? Next, you're going to make sure you make specific statements. Don't say things like always or never. You always, you know, pass your meds or your patients always are falling or whatever it is. Don't say that. You want to look for the details. I've noticed this patient at this time, on this date, this happened. Or, you know, I've noticed that whatever it is that you've noticed. Make sure that you focus on actions or omitted actions and offer specific positive statements. Don't say things like good job. That's kind of general. You want to say why it was good. You can say good, but say why it was good. So you can just say, you know, I think you did a really great job handling that patient because the patient was very irate and you sat down and you took the time to go over A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Um, so you want to make sure that you are very specific in highlighting positives and things that you need fixed. Next, you want to make sure you give immediate feedback. Do not wait until the end of the month. Don't wait until the end of the you know, performance evaluation. The sooner the feedback is given, the more effective it'll be. I talked about in the last podcast about how to create culture of trust, and it's calling people out on their actions right then and there. And so it's really important to make sure you give the feedback as soon as you can give it. If you have to delay, you want to make sure you identify the exact time and date of when it happened. So maybe, for example, you have to do an investigation or something. You want to make sure you are documenting exactly when and where things happen. You want to be as specific as possible when you are having that one-on-one. Sometimes, again, you have to defer the feedback. That's okay, but you need to make sure that you try and get into the habit of giving the feedback back the same day. You want to make sure that you choose an appropriate time. 
After a patient passes or a, a code or something like that, that is not the appropriate time to give that feedback. So you want to make sure that you give that feedback in a, in a very appropriate time. If you're giving very critical feedback, a lot of times it's better to, again, pull them to the side. Don't give it in front of other people because that's embarrassing and you don't want this to be something embarrassing. You want it to be a moment of growth for that employee. And then choose one issue, issue at a time. If there's a whole long list of things that you need corrected, you as a manager or the supervisor is going to select and prioritize which one you need to correct the most promptly, and then you can move on to others. So one at a time really helps them overcome that and and you'll see growth. And then lastly, don't demand a change. So don't saying like you have to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Keep in mind the playback. This is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm doing. These are my observations. How do we help develop a habit to reflect on this practice that is not going well. So you want to do things like that. And then you can ask them, what is their perception or their viewpoint of what happened? What went well for you? What'd you like about it? What'd you not like about it? You want to agree, summarize, and add. I agree with blank, and you did a good job with blank. Um, You're going to ask them, what could have gone differently? As you think about how it went today, today, or whatever time it was, what do you think you could do differently next time? What can we do differently? And then lastly, you want to agree with that, summarize, and then add if you need to. So yes, I agree with that. This is what you said you could do differently. And I would also suggest that you A, B, C, D, E, F, G. So that is a script for giving the feedback. And then again, you want to make sure you are receiving the feedback. Talk to me about, you know, how I'm supporting you. Do you feel like I'm supporting you emotionally? Do you feel like I'm supporting you in terms of safety? Do you feel like I'm supporting? And if they say no, It's not time to make a frown. It's not time to be like dismissive. It's time to say, help me understand that. What does safety look like to you? What does understanding your emotional well-being look like to you? You want to ask your feedback too. Like, am I showing up enough? What does that look like to you? Because what you think it looks like might be the complete opposite of what this individual is expecting. So that's the feedback module. Now, that's basically your one-on-one. You're going to meet with them. We're going to, you're going to go over and identify the goals like we talked about in the GROW method. Um, you're going to look at prioritizing uh, goals for them. You're going to look at giving feedback and helping them grow and get to where they're at. And then again, recapping, make sure you bring that feedback back and look at how they're doing. Where are they at? Like, okay, you said you were going to take a class on CPR instructor. Have you taken that class? You know, what's the next step for us to get you to that educator role that you want? We talked earlier about, or I talked earlier about if you don't have time, right? You just have a ton of employees. You still have to make time for those one-on-ones, but if you can't make them frequently, meaning like monthly, then you can do something that is a short and kind of sweet check-in with them that'll allow you to know, hey, do I need to have this one-on-one with this person now, or can it be on my quarterly basis that I have? And so you're going to ask when you're rounding or meeting with these employees to talk about their beeps, sweeps. Creeps and keeps. Beeps, sweeps, creeps, and keeps. What are our beeps? Our beeps are, hey, this is an alarm, right? I'm honking a horn. I need your attention. There's something going wrong. I need you as my leader to help me navigate this. What are your beeps? Talk to me about those. Sweeps. What are things that we've talked about in the past that you have swept in the rug? They're done. You no longer have to worry about them, right? We talked about you having issues with A, B, C, D, E, F, G things. And now I'm at a point where I've swept under the rug. That is no longer an issue. We don't need to discuss that when we're having our one-on-ones anymore. 
are creeps. These are things that are creeping along. Like they're not super urgent, but they're not going exactly how I want. Maybe I reached out 10 times to get into that BLL class and they're just not responding. It's kind of creeping along. I'll keep you posted if, I, if it becomes a beep. And then lastly, our keeps. Keeps are things that are like wonderful. We want to celebrate this. Hey, this is what I've worked on. Hey, this is where I'm at in my progress. Hey, this is something that, you know, I want the whole world to know, or maybe not the whole world, but I want you to know. So you want to check in on their beeps, sweeps, creeps, and keeps. Just that quick five-minute check with them will alert you to, hey, it's time for me to schedule that one-on-one sooner than usual, or hey, I now know this person has this struggle or doesn't have this struggle. They've resolved this issue. They're creeping along here, but they're working on it still. And hey, we have some stuff to celebrate. And so that is the five-minute one-on-one that you can have with 65 of your employees on a monthly basis to kind of get a good idea of where they're at with their progress. Again, this doesn't replace the one-hour meeting, but if you have a lot of staff and you need to have these meetings frequently with them because you have so many of them, you can do this beeps, creeps, sweeps, and keeps. That is what we have for you today, folks. We have just learned how to have a meaningful and effective one-on-one. It is your job now to take everything you learned in this podcast and to go have an amazing one-on-one with your staff. Until next week. 